Okay, here we go. We're back on the air. What I want to do today, I want to make one point about Rav Avinir, uh, which I tried to make it sure yesterday, but I don't think anyone got it. So I want to go back and show her Rav Avinir does it. And then I want to do the remaining the remaining of the textbook what we do. And then with time we have remaining, I wanted to uh, open discussion. Uh, we'll see how far we get of Rabbi Goldberg's article, Dr. Goldberg's article. You should also be aware there's an article in the current tradition by Rabbi Goldberg, which is really very interesting hmm. in light of this article. It's about end of life decision making. Oh. And the um, the interesting of this article is he got he had it endorsed by Rabbi Willig and Rabbi Shech. Um, and you can see, like, I think it's negotiation. Oh, wow. So you can see how they, you can see how you can see um, what he did. It's really, it's. I think after we do this article, I think it'll be very worth it for you to read the, that article and see how it, see how it plays out. Um, no, we read was endorsed or the one you just wrote. <laughs> no, the article he just wrote, which you can see is in many ways a direct successor. Also, his uh, his wife has put out a book recently about decision making oh. and uh, and how to make decision making. You know, and she's also published a blog in which she applied her a theory of autonomous decision-making to halacha. Uh, so that's also, I haven't finished the book yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, okay, so let's say, if you take a look at Rav Avinir, um, so we're on Rav Avinir, I believe it is, um, it, we're in section, we're in section one, or I didn't really care about section two. And what he says is, um, on, uh, on, yeah, on page page two eighty two in his in his thing page two of the of the mm-hmm. thing right section section five right after right after he quotes Rabbi Yona uh, right so mm-hmm. right so in, in four he says yes, right we should see that this is this, this didn't happen regarding Beit it happened in the base medrash yeah all right it was just something that needed to see right so he doesn't, right. He doesn't think that Gemara applies specifically to a base manager as opposed to rev uh rev, rev Chaim David Levy, who said yeah. that from the fact that these so good, that these stories follow on each other you can see the debate that the debate didn't happen in the base manager uh, <laughs> which certainly can happen here's my five penny maradam lest the person say in but don't say to the person who is uh right to the to the member of the kibbutz who is right, who is who, right, who is who is uh, being being considered for membership, right, who said what? Ani alulot musad. Then I will likely I will likely end up um, losing out. Vuyatridot and he will harass me. Vicharifot and he will curse me. Omer came Omer kum. Even if the person says the reason I wish to reveal that I voted for him and everyone else voted against. As right is because I have a legitimate expectation of suffering harassment as a result. Mm-hmm. Right, they have said nothing. We have not found a person be to violate Torah in order to save himself from Nezek. So the point I was trying to make yesterday is, but what about saving somebody else? Mm-hmm. Right, so. If his standard, his standard for right, if his standard for himself is pikuach nefesh, but his standard for other people is less than pikuach nefesh, that means that there are things you can do to save other people that you cannot, right? You cannot save yourself. That you can't, um, that you can't do to you can things you can do to save other people from the same thing that you can't do to save yourself. Now, how wide is the gap, and what's the basis of it? If the basis is mutrila to elitz, so then lecharet should be the standard should be the same. Mm-hmm. So this suggests that there's something else. Um, the difference is kavana. So what kind of kavana? Right, you have your, your kavana is to avoid damage, not right, not to hurt the other party. So in terms of kavana, it's the same. Um, we could say there's no chiyav l'samad al dam asmecha. Right, we could make such a claim. 
um, not obvious, but we could make such a claim, and then we could make it a very technical argument that way. But I'm not sure we want to. We could say Rav Avinir is simply wrong. Mm-hmm. Right, so what, what, would your, what would your intuition be ethically, what would your intuition be halachically? Right? Should the standard of Lashon Harach be the same for right, the, the standards to elit to permit revealing a secret, um, or for that matter, Lashon Hara, But let's say let's say let's say really, let's let's assume right now the standards are the same. Should the standard for revealing a secret be the same in terms of damage to you as opposed to damage to somebody else? I think. The standard- yes. I think the standard should be the same, which is why we have to make the standard higher for yourself, because people are biased towards themselves. We're just correcting for a self-bias. You have a pragmatic argument, right? That if you ask the Shaila to somebody else, they should paskin, right? They should paskin it the same standard for you as other people. But if you're paskin the Shaila yourself, you should put in a, uh, a corrective factor, a fudge factor. I think like actually to argue, sometimes people are less strict on themselves than to other people, but sometimes it's the opposite, that people are more strict on themselves than they would be to other people, so. Right, but also be, right? It might be that, yeah, that, I mean, that abuse cases, we go the other way around, right? That people are less likely to report about themselves than about others. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think Maybe we think you have a responsibility, um, like when it's something that affects yourself, which you don't have when it's something that affects other people because, um, right? Like we can demand a certain amount of self-sacrifice on your part, but we can't demand that you hurt a third party. Um, for the sake of not um, like doing this of era. Can't imagine that you hurt a third party. Yeah, by, by not telling them. Right. Um, by not telling them, right? Like, we, we, like, like we, we, have, we are willing to say you should, we should go through this pain, but we're not willing to say you should cause Fred to go through this pain because it's not fair to Fred. So maybe the standard should be, high, so standard should be higher for you. Maybe. Right? So the standard should be higher for you because you are actually committing the Avera. Mm-hmm. Right? But that assumes that there's still an Avera. Mm-hmm. Right, that says we're not being totally lumbish and saying that and saying that there's no avir at all. Uh, right, so this would be a counter to Rebizirin, uh, in a sense, right? Or Rebizirin could just be functioning in, um, say, what I would like to say, I guess, is maybe this is true for Gilui Sod and not for, um, and not for Lashon Hara, because for Lashon Hara you have a generic obligation that's the same as every other, everyone else's, mm-hmm. but for Gilui Sod, perhaps, you have it, right? If it's a sod that was entrusted to you, so maybe there's something, right? Maybe, there, maybe there's something about it. With, like part of entrusting a sod to you is that you're willing to, right? Is that you're, that you're willing to suffer for it? And that's what we mean by telling you, right? But otherwise, it would be us or anyway, probably. Uh, right? I, I, I had an intuitive sense that there, that there's an implicit contract if someone tells you a sod, and that would work in terms of. Um, in terms of communal norms, right? When we have it, we have an election, right? So it's, there's no, if we have a standard, which or a fairly low standard, which allows people to talk about it, then there's no point having, there's no confidence at all, right? If we say that anybody, that if we're gonna have a secret ballot, but, right, but you can reveal the ballots to anybody, you can reveal the ballots to, any, right, to anybody who'd be mad at you if they didn't tell you, so we're not having a secret ballot. <laughs> so maybe Ravinir only applies to Gilly Sod and not Lashon Hara. Uh, maybe only applies to Gilly Sod when we're talking about Sods that were given to you as opposed to Sods that, to Sods that you happen to know. So you would be framing it kind of more of a Hasidic or an humanist um, parlance breach of trust. I was uh, reading the Ben Berger and Mays article. Yeah. And they're framing it really differently. They're framing it as a 
you know, a way of building the society that you want um, so that has nothing to do with the individual, really. And in that case, it would be equal, you versus the other person, because it's not about you and it's not about the other person. It's about having a, as he would say, a category of, you know, this is what we want and this is how we're building it. Yeah, so I mean, we'll talk about that when we get to Denver Gamay, but that is, I think their their move generally is going to be that they want to look, they want, they want, they don't, they're not looking using halacha to react; they're using halacha to create to create a society. Mm -hmm. like, what are the right? And, and under that, which I found actually very persuasive, um, and under that, con under that framework, the answer to your question would be it's equal. That is probably correct. That is probably correct. That's probably correct that it, that if you think of it, if you think of it that way, that it should be equal. We just. Um, if you if you ask the question right um whenever you reveal a ballot right so the person is admitting they're revealing the ballot because of, out of self-interest but the same logic could certainly be used to reveal someone else's ballot mm -hmm. right you shouldn't be mad at him because he voted for you i right you can imagine someone being very self-sac noble self-sacrificing i voted against you it's true but don't be mad at him uh, right because he voted for you mm -hmm. um Okay, I, I think that that is a, a good question to ask. I think Miriam, is, you know, is correct that we're gonna that we have to that uh, we're gonna have to think back and again every time we think about halacha, we have to think about whether our goal is to enable people to navigate a society or to construct a society, and do we have terms for that difference other than the chachil and the diavit? When Naomi Nair talks about yeah. Which Easter Torah is he referring to? So that's a good question, also. Like <sighs> that's a good question, also. Is it, uh, you know. I, I interpreted this as he was referring back to Rahil. Okay, but he says you can't do this. Right. So, is... so he must think that this Gilly Soda is a violation of Rahil then. Which seems to be what Reniona says. Um. No, I think that's what he. Uh, I think that's right. You know that he just you just you just fold Gilead into 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 general into general rechilus and, and you're uh, you're home free. I think, but then Gilead has to apply it just to things and not just to, not to words that people told you. Gilead is revealing things that otherwise shouldn't be known to that person. That's not generally how we define rechilus, though. So that's why I asked the question by Rechilat also, right? When people define Rechilat, is it in the Rama? Does it mean just words specifically, or is it talking about information? Uh, right? It's just any information about anyone that right that isn't that isn't generally that isn't known to that person, and you convey it to that person. So that is I, mean, I would think that Rechilat usually requires three parties. That's what we sort of only require two. Uh, no, we have to reveal to a third party. No. Both of you already know it, right? So how do you how do you have a two-party Gilei Well, then what's the difference between Gilei and Rechilet? <laughs> that is a good question. What's the difference between Gilei and The answer, I think, is that Gilei the reason you're conveying it is that it shouldn't be known. And the I argue the usual definition of Rechilet is when you convey information without taking responsibility, you convey opinions without taking responsibility for it. Jacob said such and such. I'm telling you that Jacob said such and such. Okay. So that's Rechilet. Because I'm not even right, I'm not even taking responsibility for the information I'm giving you. I'm right, all, all I'm telling you is Jacob's opinion. If you really take it seriously, the Gilead code comes from serious. Perhaps you can have two-party Gilead code. You're revealing a secret about yourself, and that's utter. That's possible. Um, do you think you couldn't have Rechilus about yourself? That's no, 
I think it would be hard to describe discuss regularly about yourself. You could imagine Gilei so to a person about themselves. I'm going to tell you something that you're right, something about yourself that you didn't that you don't that you don't really want to know, but that's hard to. Uh, that's hard. I mean, I mean, I can imagine it. Maybe they did something very embarrassing while they were asleep, and only you saw it. Is that Gilei Sud? Maybe if it's a secret, you're the only one who knows it, and it's about themselves, and it would make them think worse of themselves. And they said they sleep talk. They said something very embarrassing while they were sleep talking. They were having a very unpleasant dream, which they completely forgot at this point. And they've uh, talked about how they, about their dream when they're asleep, and now you're revealing that secret to themselves. Somebody, somebody told you something embarrassing, and then they get in full amnesia, and they don't remember anything. Are you allowed to tell them the right? Amnesia so amnesia, 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 because just... that's a fun trial about amnesia, actually. If you say really, really the same person or people who have repressed memories. Or something you do, like some something someone does while blackout drunk. Yeah. Hmm. Like there, are, that you could see. It's probably much more common. Like, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or like on, in um, there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this yeah, exactly. novel in which there's this um, American couple who come to England and they're like totally convinced they're descendants of this like you know lordship, right? In the end, like one of the main characters discovers that actually this is a lie and all along they were sent a servant of somebody in there, but they don't tell a couple because this would you know hurt them. So maybe that's that's, well, that's, that's the, the, the uh, New York Times story about the the people in India recently, no? Mm-hmm. Uh, the last the New York Times story about the, the this brother and sister who lived for years in the palace. Is <laughs> the private palace in India because they claim to be the because their mother claimed to be the the uh, the descendant. Yeah. I don't know if the first person ever read that novel because it sounds like this is straight out of the novel where the mother claimed mother was actually been a servant but she claimed to be the last the, you know the last Raja whatever it may be and they convinced. Probably they lied to her. They just they discovered evidence that they thought proved that they were from that. Well, the, the, the kids weren't yeah. probably weren't lying, mm-hmm. right? Just what the mother had told them. Mm-hmm. And the mother convinced the Indian government, and it was in the interest of the Indian government to have somebody claim mm-hmm. to be the, uh, the right to be to be the descendants of that group, and so they accepted. Right. Mm-hmm. So are you allowed to tell those people the truth about yeah, themselves? Yeah, that's interesting. I think that's Gilly Sud. That's an interesting case. Maybe it's Gilly Sud. Uh, maybe it's Gilly Sud. That does actually have practical implications if we're talking about genetic information. I guess. Well, right. oh, we can- well, we can take a really horrifying case, which would work, but I, I, what's actually pretty horrifying is what if someone was abused as a child and they don't know that? As I said, repressed memories. Sure. Right. Let's, let's or what that, if someone has cancer and doesn't for, know? Let's say that I work for Dory Sharon, right? Yeah. And the couple comes in and they both get tested, and one of them is a carrier, the other one isn't. And I tell the person who is a carrier, or is that, you know, something Yeah, or, or even more, what if, what, what if one of them has BRCA and you're in Dory Sharon? And that, you know, Right now, those are all the, the real fair, fair questions, and you are obviously much uh, more um, hard-headed people than me because I'm thinking about whether you can tell Wiley Coyote that he's over the cliff. Now that is an example of Henry Grillo. <laughs> So for innocent line of an air. Okay. Like you are allowed to hurt other people by not telling a secret that like 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 by not acting in self-interest, right? In Ravabinar. Because he cites the Khatasfayam saying that you're allowed to do this even if it's going to take away your income, like which will not allow you to feed your family. So you're allowed to hurt a third party. Does Khatas seem to say allowed or you have to? You have to, right? You have to partner with the third party. So it can't be that, that, that we're okay with doing anything to help a third party, right? Yeah, no, because it's your right. Because it's very funny that you still have an Acer, mm-hmm. right? If you still have an Acer, and 
it, it makes sense if we frame it as right, why self-interest is not matter, whereas other people's interest is matter, right? That's a very reason. Aren't the interests of your children other people? Uh, you're going to lose all of your income forever? But it's not direct. I guess. Um, be very comforting to them when they're starving. But the interesting question, what if it were direct, right? What if the person is going to curse your children because... Right, because right, because they know that uh, because they know that you voted against them. How much stock do we have been curses? Okay, let's say they're gonna, um, they're gonna stop your children from getting hired for jobs. Okay. Okay. They can't affect your employment. Somebody has always you know, you know that this person has always lived out because of the movie, right? This person has always lived out their no fantasy. And so when people do bad things, right, they curse the grandchildren. Or more realistically, you live in a place with lifetime tenure for judges. So everyone's gonna assume your children agree with you, so they're not gonna give them judgeship. Uh, hmm. Okay. Okay, I think those are all. Um, I think yeah, I'm Nogea because I when I when I was um, when I was younger and uh, one of my rebbeim said to me the reason he was not acting against somebody was maybe he'll shoot my children and I was very unhappy with him at the time. But it turns out that you know that the risk that somebody will shoot your children actually does cause one to pause in one's heroism. Uh, very disturbing to discover this, um, but it really does. Like in a way that you know that someone's going to shoot you does not. Um, but the fact that mm -hmm. someone is threatening your children causes you to, to think twice. And that, it's one of the mistakes that maybe I was younger was not understanding why that why somebody who like, was so courageous could could um, could collapse at the notion of someone threatening their children. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so I think all that's fair um, for our purposes. I think really the the main takeaway that I want to get is that Ravinier really does say there's a different standard. And that that's there's a whole lot of right, there's a whole lot of lumbus that goes into that. It's not obvious. You could say he's wrong. We uh, say he's wrong, and that the standard for the flash is defined by purpose. So then, why would it matter if the purpose is you or somebody else? You could argue that he's right, but only about gilesod, and not about lashonara. Uh, you could argue that he's right only about a particular kind of gilesod, which is where my intuition would be that um, that there are that there's that there are many kinds of gilesod that involve a kind of kibbulai. Right, that you know, that I agree. I, I agree. I won't say this, even if it causes me damage, and that becomes meaningless if you, right? If if uh, the damage is minor, um, and then I think there's a difference between a collective group like kibbutz, where everyone and a process where everyone accepts that process upon themselves. But I think is also true of Leonis, um, right? That there are expectations built up, right? And I think that's where Marianne's point is right. Like we set up the expectation is that when you go into court, you won't know which you won't know which judge says what. Either they have the expectation or not. To say we had that expectation, but you can say whenever anybody get everybody would get mad, then that's right. You're actually just undoing it. Like you're not setting up a standard for being not here. You're just saying this is there's no secrecy here. Mm -hmm. right, so I think that's uh, I think that's probably the way I would try to navigate it is in terms of what are the reasonable expectations of all relevant parties to secrecy, and that would always have the standards according to that. But that's not so easy to frame logically. Um, it's not even clear to everyone that there is a difference between give soda. Other Israel. like um, Jacob and I looked at Sadamagan of Ram this morning, mm -hmm. yeah. which just lists the Gemara Yoma as another one of the Dinim of Lashonara. Right, right, like mm -hmm. this, like this, Magan of Bahag, right, right, right. That's, uh, yeah, I think that's right. Um, I think that's right. And and then you have to figure out which way you go, which, you know, the Chavis Chaim has this difference. But I think that's where Bezerang's Lumbus is very valuable, right? That the Chavis Chaim is, the Chavis Chaim is working on a Duhuya model. Mm -hmm. Um, even though his rhetoric is not consistent, but right, but his in practice he seems to working on the Duhuya model. Right, sense. And um, other people, even when they quote him, and that was, I, you know, 
if you read the whole time, you'll see like he often throws in at the last, you know, at the last line in a long after a long section. But all this, of course, should be in accordance with the seven principles I set out. Yeah. Um, and just everyone else just quotes him without that line. Exactly. And if you ask them what they would do, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's I think that is a very valuable point that deserves a, mm-hmm. a paper in its own right. Like citations of the Chaim that do not re- that do not refer to the Zion uh, the Zion, the Zion conditions for saying Lashonara and um, and what that does. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, I I tend to think that uh, elections and all, all sorts of things should be their own category because of the the universe, universal acceptance of the process. Um, but, you know, and I, and I, I think that there should be a distinction between things where the secrecy is a, where the, the, you know, the, the entire, where it's kind of like chess, I guess, in a sense, like the, the rules of the game constitute the secrecy. And so if you break the secrecy, you're just, you're just not playing the game anymore. And um, places where there are no, where, the, where there, are, there are no rules that constitute the secret or not, it's just the world. Um, I think I don't know how much I don't know how much that'll hold up, but I, I tend to think that there is such a distinction. Yes, I think that's that's because you're characteristically assuming that secrecy has to do with autonomy. If you think there are things you're not allowed to say and that you don't have a choice about what things are secret and what are not secret, then that makes no sense at all. The whole distinction you're just playing out. That would probably be true. Yeah, it's only if you think secrecy is a function of confidentiality and trust, and not a function of there are certain things you're not supposed to tell other people. Hmm. Um, no, I think they're I think they're both kinds of secrets. That's my point. I think they're kind of they're things you shouldn't tell other people, and there are things that it's just because you made a decision. And I don't think we should treat the standard Gilly Sode as a, as a as a as a heterogeneous thing. Sorry, as a homogeneous thing in that regard. I think that there are I think there are secrets that are um, I guess a lot of secrets that are constituted by rules and secrets that and secrets that are secrets regardless of the rules, or you know maybe secrets that are secrets until there are rules that constitute them as not secrets. Um, like let's say if, you know if I join a, if I if I join a company and the company requires me to sign a star that says that anyone right that says that they have a right to check my arrest records so my arrest records are no longer secret because mm-hmm. right? it's consent. Yeah. Now I could imagine an activist judge saying that right striking down all such contracts uh, on the grounds right that that that, that um, contracts you know that businesses have too much economic power and we should not and we should not we should we, we should ban all contracts that require that kind of disclosure um you know, most people would respond that if it was really that much people really took it that much of an imposition then um right then the, that company would have trouble hiring but i can see that but in these but so long as the rules have been upheld i would say okay you know what so your arrest records are naturally a secret but they're not a secret within within the context of employment you know, I would just attempt, you know, and, and I understand the arguments both ways. I understand that, you know, that uh, we um, we think that we have, you know, many disasters where we hired people without Corey checks um, as, you know, elementary school drivers and things like that. And, um, and on the other hand, uh, we make, you know, we, we make rehabilitation very, very difficult for people coming out of prison. And that has, and that has um, disp- disparate racial impact and all sorts of things like that. So I think that's a there's room in the husband. Okay, but lundishly, we understand what the we understand, we understand what the issues are, and you need to construct you need to construct it as you have. Okay, so let's go on back to um, page four of the Makara. Thanks where we are now. Actually, we're on the, we're on the bottom of page three. So I was wondering, I just wanted to read the Tiferes Yisrael, or actually have someone read the Tiferes Yisrael to me. 
uh, you'll see there's a question mark before it on the on the that's because I didn't understand it. And it's possible that it says something if really meaningful, and it's possible that I just misunderstood. I wanted to say tangent. Like I heard on NPR that like there was like this uh, student from Bard College, who I'm pretty sure is a Jew, um, who made like this program in the New York City jail in the New York jail system where like you could get a college degree. He like was one of the organizers of this. Yeah, He's, like younger than me. Good for him. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are lots of programs. I mean, there's not everybody is eligible. But even with a degree, you saw that on your record that you were in jail and that's right. Like, but that it helps it people helps. a lot. Yeah, but, it, but it's very selective. Like you have to apply yeah, and it's, it's like not it's a complicated issue. Well, good for them. We can bracket for yeah. Good for so, them. Yeah. I, it's I mean it's it's uh, really cool. it's good. It's good I mean, chaplaincy in prison is also you know, mm -hmm. essentially been done well. Um Schaefer come here from Sharon was had the contract. For the uh, Jewish chaplains in the prisons, and I think he did really good, serious work. And I did mm -hmm. not. Uh, I don't think I. Yeah, and I, I. I know, like you know, like, I got you know, I didn't react so well to getting letters from prison. That um, mm -hmm. was very suspicious. Some yeah. prison medicine and Desler, why they're writing to me. Yeah. Um, right, but that's my fault. That's my fault, perhaps. Um, okay, so let's let's re let's let's do traditional. So, um, from after you get that far. Well, we read it. I don't know if I understood it either. Okay, yeah. so why don't you read it and let's see if we understand it. Read it and translate it and tell me what you think okay. it is. Okay. Uh, even if he's only like revealing a secret which was with the bacon, mm -hmm. as opposed to some other type of secret, I guess. Right, so um, I say what yeah. the other kind of secret is. <laughs> yeah, I guess like a secret that belongs to a human. I don't know. Does the bacon have previously like removed everybody like um, from the room, um, in addition to like, you know, like, like, like whatever other reason they had, they also did this to, uh, like make sure that nobody knew who was Mikhaev and who was Mazaka. Um, I, guess I don't think, all... I don't think the translation of the first line is correct. I think the first translation, the first line should be even just the secret that he was in the room, not that a secret that was with the Beit Din, but the person was with the Beit Din. Oh. I think so. Wouldn't no. that be Hasud? Shouldn't it be That doesn't make any sense. Maybe, yeah. but, but, but the second line makes me think that. The fact that we said the next line is that the, because they remove everyone else in the room makes me think that maybe the first line is the fact that he was in the room. Um, I, I applaud the cleverness. Uh, I'm not yet convinced, but I don't know what it means yet, so I can't exclude it. Um, how did you read the gum? I like I like I said, it's not very good, but I don't see what it means otherwise. It appears to be nonsense. But I don't you're right. It has lots of weaknesses. Spermopolis said the gum is that they had they had another reason for removing people from the room of deliberations other yes. than that, that's uh, why I read it. Uh, which is interesting. It implies that, or, that normally Bacon is connected to deliberations in public. No, it implies that Bacon's main reason for getting rid of people is because they want to get all the people out so they can think, and the, there's an additional reason, or like some other reason, whatever you think the reason that the main reason that courts remove people from the room is, right? Right. Well, um, additionally, they also want to keep people from finding out. I know. So that was so. Here we have two like, two um, undefined variables. The so does not know into Bacon, mm -hmm. unless you're just right, and the unknown reason for which Bacon. Which is the major reason for Bacon removing people from the room, although they always do that for the sake of not knowing. Okay, fine, onward. Uh, so, I mean, like, like maybe you just can't help connect deliberations properly with the, with the belly dinner in the room. Maybe. Um, okay, um, right, like, like, like you're not supposed to be like the Orphea Diana, and maybe like that makes you become okay. one. I don't know. 
And the Beitin is like forced to follow the majority. Um, right. Um, I'm not sure how that connects. Mm -hmm. Good. Me neither. <laughs> it's there. Um, but I feel happy. So even though you're only revealing the secret of the Beitin, which for whatever reason, um, which he thinks is should should be obvious to you by now because he explained it to you, um, right, uh, is less of a secret than other secrets. Um, I guess because something about the about Um anyway, um even though even 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 though even though something, uh right, this person is still called a refill for revealing it. because it's causing his um like fellow to hate the, the judge who uh, made him chayo. Um I don't know if that means like causing him to hate the like majority judges who actually made him chayev, or if it means causing him to hate the one person who, you know, was trying to make him chayev, um, it's not clear from context at all. Um, but either way, he's causing him to hate the judge who tried to make him chayev. Um, and therefore, it didn't bring Alatotofilbanatha, because he uh, he has the um, other girsa of the missionary right? So what is Lachilomaitikradotofilbanatha? Um, because it's not really ruthless, it's just Megala I think. It's not really, really ruthless, it's not really Galasod because it's just Megala because it's not really ruthless, it's not even really Megala <laughs> but it's kind of Megala and it's definitely not really ruthless. That's why they didn't bring Megala I don't know how he explains the fact that the Brysa and the Gemara does bring the Pasuk, but he's not explaining the Brysa, so it's okay, I guess. It's especially confusing because in the previous line, he says he called Rafael. Well, it's maybe saying he's like kind the, of called a Rafael, you know, he or was, he's called a gossip. He's neither a Rafael, you know. Right, he might be in addition to a real Rafael. Right, he might be called a Rafael, but that doesn't mean he's doing. There is a real Rafael, and he is also kind of called a Rafael, but he's not a real kind of. He's a sort of a sort of shame Rafael. Sure, but not a sort of Dean Rafael. Yeah. Because if you know the essential element of Rafil is that it causes someone to hate their neighbor, and that's kind of what he's doing, even though it's not, you know, necessarily technically, so he's good on that. Aha. So you read it as I feel healthy Nikra Gamkin Rafil because he has in common with real Rafilis that he causes hatred. Hmm. Yeah. That seems like a reason for that. Yeah, how else would you read that? Uh you could read it as even though he doesn't do what normally Rafil does, he's nonetheless called a Rafil because at least he causes hatred. Right. I guess that's so the difference. Opposite. No, the only difference is whether you think is whether you think the hatred is an essential thing or just a thing that makes him like a reveal, even if it's not an essential element of reveal. I don't think it's. Well, that is whether you think that ordinary reveal is about causing hatred or not. Right? You're what? still saying that he is similar to a reveal and that he is causing hatred, yeah. right? So, like, like the, the difference is not that big, I think. Well, um, I don't know. I think it's a big difference. But I'm trying to give a really good formulation of why. Well, I mean, the difference is whether or not you think it's an essential part of the definition, but like. For the thing we're looking at now, I don't think it matters. If you say that that the that the, what it has in common with Rahilut is that it causes hatred. So that means that previously what was different about Rahilut was not the purpose, but the mechanism. If you say that right, if you say that he's also called Rahil because he's doing this, that means that what it has in common is the mechanism. And what's different is the purpose. But it's not that it's different purposes, the purpose is the same. That depends on the reach regard. Even though he's still called Rachil, because like all other Rachils, he's going right, or even so, he's still called Rachil, even though he's not a real Rachil, because a real Rachil has purpose X, but this purpose Y is enough to be called a sort of Rachil. Right. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know how it matters here. Well, if 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 it's the if it's the way you're you're reading it that it's this, that all rechilut has this purpose, so then we say that what we're looking for is a way in which even though this doesn't follow the standard mechanism of ordinary rechilut, it's still ready. It's still rechilut because it's right, but use malchus Shabbos purposes, right? Even though even though the um, even, even though the pula isn't the same, right? But the tosa is the same, so it's right. So it's okay. Well, the other way is we're saying even though the, even though the even though the tzitzah is the, is the same, but the bula is different. So when I'm trying to figure out the earlier part, I'm trying to figure out like what is he? I'm trying to figure whether, yeah. So I, I think I think the way you understand the gal rock so treya itzel habetin. So the only, the only the thing that sort of made sense to me, but not not enough here, was to claim was to, I mean, he seems to be arguing that look, everyone knows when betin issues a verdict that there could have been people who held the other way. So if you reveal, if you reveal who it is, so reveal that there was a dissenting vote, what, how will people get mad? People get mad because they say, look, if it was unanimous, mm-hmm. so then there was no argument, so I can't be mad at you. Yeah. But once it was a dissenting opinion, then I can be mad at you because you didn't follow the dissenting opinion. He says, but why? Basically, has no choice but to follow Acherav Mahatos. But um, right, so that depends on whether it's the two or the one. Right, but the, I mean, like the problem is that this this makes a lot more sense if you read it as him revealing what the one person said, but that doesn't work with the mission at all. Right, the mission says you're real. What the two people say. Right, so it sounds like what he's saying. It, right, that's why I was trying to argue it. What he's saying is that if you reveal that there was a dissenting opinion, then the person then the person will get mad at the judges who voted against the dissenting opinion because now he sees it as as discretion as opposed to okay, maybe. as opposed to you're compelled by law. But it was still Miguel Rock so it's not right. He's not he's not really something that was necessarily unknown. So it's interesting well, to maybe it, he's not revealing like like what we think of as a secret, right? He's revealing something that happened in a group of people, which you know is not necessarily super private and which is not about them. Right. That's not those that, that that's missing all the characteristics that we typically think of as, as what a secret has, right? Typically, we would think of a secret as consisting of me giving you private information about a private individual, right? This has none of that stuff. This is it, right? This is revealing a secret. This is revealing something that is known to a group already. Yes, and it's not about, an, about and, a private and a group individual. of three already. It's about a public It's about a public group, and but and it's about stuff that happened inside the public group. It's a public act by a public group. Well, it's not a public act. Except, hey, well, well, it would be a public act, except the people are, uh, but like the main reason the people were kicked out is because of some other reason. Uh-huh. Okay, so I don't know that we can get further now. Um, but it's true that like, almost every line is confusing, which, yeah. Yeah, which usually something, means that we're missing something. Something else that I just noticed that I hadn't uh, seen before that's kind of relevant to this is um, last night, yesterday after she was talking about asking why we bring it up in the Gemara Tanah Abana and then you're showing me weirdly. Just to add to this, a very, very similar text is brought up in Bavakanla with the introduction of Hatanya. There seems to be some doubt as to whether this is actually in the Mishnah. So it doesn't ever be quoted as a Mishnah anywhere by any Gemara. I mean, you think the Holy Nayan is, is in doubt? Is I don't it? know. I don't know what's going on. But all I know is it that our Gemara like here quotes as Tanu Abanan. Nobody ever brings the Mishnah as a challenge. Like, right. And no one brings up that this Mishnah is weird. It's not treated as a Mishnah by the Talmud. And it's bizarre. I've never seen a Mishnah like this before. It does, it does, the, the line does seem to be in all the manuscripts, but like yeah. nobody, right. nobody treats it as if it is a Mishnah. Okay. Yeah. I don't have an answer to that. I agree that 
I, I thought that most uh, of the Akronim were assuming that it was just the, 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 pus, the Pusuk that was Right, because that, yeah. that is missing in the manuscript. No, so it's, the in Vatakama, in Tarek it says, V'ha Tanya, t'shiyatsa lo yoma nimazaka v'chaveri m'chayvin, v'almah et t'shiyatsa chaveri v'abolai, v'alzadahmah, v'alei s'chiyo m'galato. Okay, but you know that Tanya was not is... But that, that, that's identical to the Mishnah, you know, if it's, if it's missing the first Pusuk, right? Right. right like, you can't you can't claim it's a breita because it's adding the, the other pasuk. Yeah, no. it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be tiny anyway because it's in the same seder, right? I mean, unless they had a different gears of Mishnah that only had the first pasuk, like I think the Graham. Right. So I'd be like, okay, I don't have a solution to that either. Um, I don't have a solution to that. So this is a a mystery. What I want to say is that it opens the possibility if we could figure out what it meant that there is a difference between something that is secret and that no one but the person about about, about whom it is, is knows knows it and something that right whether secrecy is is a product i guess we could say whether secrecy is a product of the thing or whether secrecy is a product right is a product of intimacy hmm. right right when you're using intimacy oh, right? a group, right? group privacy right yeah. so this is a case right where there's there isn't secrecy but there is intimacy It's, I think the secrecy is produced by, by the intimacy because it's a thing, somebody does something, it's known to other people, right? It's not a secret. It's not something, right? It's not that it's not known. It's just, right? It's just something that is only, that is, that we're, we're deciding only these people, right? We, we're deciding that even though some people already know it, those people are not going to tell anybody else. Well, how are you defining secrecy differently from your definition of intimacy? Secrecy is something that no person other than the person about whom it's about knows. Well, if you know it also, isn't that by definition not secret anymore? Uh, maybe it has to be less than three people. It's only two people know it. But I don't know. I, I would like to have a sharper definition. Like, you know, if five people suddenly find out something about one person, it's not intimacy because they haven't told each other. Right? It's really, it's that it's a thing about that one person that they've never revealed. I guess that, that's probably a sharper. Something that they've never consciously revealed? Yeah. It just right. It's just saying that they, it's something about them, and they have never, in any way, expressed a desire for another person to know it. So if you overhear it, then it's a secret. If they tell you, then it's intimate. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I think that's. I think that's. Um, yeah. So that's, that's. And I, I. I want to argue that there is a difference between a duty to things that are intrinsically secret, which is and um, and a duty to intimacy. Um, which is constituted by the relationship. Uh, so the interesting question is, I mean, when, when he says Miguel is so, when, right? So is he, does he, are we talking about a member of the Beitin revealing it in, this, in the Tavarius Israel? Are we talking about somebody who overheard the Beitin? Hmm. I would assume well, a member of the Beitin, that's what the Mishnah is talking about. I would assume it also. Unless it's the... Unless you could just write about the Sahaya Yeah, right. That's why you right, that's why you're gonna make a real difference. I I can't but I can't I, see this, Chuck. But we say it's the Zion who's revealing the information, right? But in the Gemara all the way through it seems to be. So, it says well, she eats yeah, I mean, yeah. You could it say might, that Gamar is actually some other so that actually, no one else there. It's a very bad reading. So that actually might be relevant to the point I was making before about whether it's a mission or not, because it might be the Sifra is having a big influence here. And the Sifra is very clear that we say that the reason this is coming up is because the head Dayan has to announce the result, even if the head Dayan voted differently. 
That's interesting that the it's the job of, right unlike the Supreme Court it's the job of the of the Chief Justice to uh, to announce yes. the predict regard even if the Chief Justice voted differently presumably so that is probably true that's interesting hard to believe that's what's interesting interest influencing this very Israel no but generally so do we think based here's the question right do we think based on this that if somebody happened to overhear a judge, right? Um, a judge mentioning that right, whose verdict was. So let's suppose that they, uh, you know, it was accidentally Isn't posted it on a certain. Same context in the in the Mishnah. Pardon? Isn't that the same context in the Mishnah? Mm-hmm. Could be. Uh, it might be the same context in the Mishnah. In which case, it would be involved in the fact itself. So, do you think that this Mishnah applies to somebody who uh, who finds a piece of paper on right um, on a desk? Um, somewhere, or right, or if, if a court clerk accidentally accidentally posts you know, who voted what to a, to a blog somewhere, and you see it before the blog is erased, mm-hmm. do you think that you're violating that you're violating Megillah Sod if you go then tell the Baldover? By the way, don't worry, right? Scalia was on your side all along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but I would think yes. You think yes? Why? Well, Revealing a secret. <laughs> You're revealing is a it, secret, but you were not part of the circle interest. True. Well, I mean, the court system, maybe. We can always elide the whole thing and say you're not violating the code, but you're being uh, listening either on the person who revealed it to you by making him violate the code. You can't violate this either retroactively. <laughs> 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 Meh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> you violate the either whether or not the other person does the other. If I if I right, if I extend the if I extend the Kosyan to the Nazir, I violate no the Fine, we'll call it Mithael Dabavera instead. You can still No, you can't call it just call it Mithael Dabavera. I will deny that it exists. We're asking against us what's next. Uh, <laughs> Wait, my um yes. if I actually commit my sin, am I also committing with Naver? I really Naver because <laughs> <laughs> No, we don't do the Naver interactively. Unless we have a time machine. You're creating an obstacle course for this program. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, what did you want to say? Or is it, or, oh, it was me. Oh, um, it's like kind of off topic of this conversation, but um, what are the key points that we said so far that you think are important for understanding this article in depth? Right. That's, <laughs> what that's, that's why it sounded so. Um, <laughs> because like, I think like we've been saying a lot of things and like just to help some right. of us so, uh, maybe focus on what's the most important So the, the article takes what? the article takes a statement that applies to a court to deliberations in court and applies it to membership deliberations in a kibbutz. So that tells you that we that, that the article does not understand it as a halacha about the court system. No, it doesn't. Is it is very specific that he is only applying it in government context, so maybe he thinks it applies to government institutions. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't apply to courts. A kibbutz is not it a government. To, the, 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 it applies to courts in that the Beijing is functioning as a court, and so we can extend it to like, you know, Meetings of the other entire types of other types of government, you know, conventions. Yeah. Which it's not government. It's a kibbutz. It's a government. It's How is that not a government? It's different from a regular neighborhood. As the kibbutz does have the accepted power to impose. Yes. No. It's right. So Rabbi says is talking about generally that in when there are collective deliberations, when there are deliberations within a group about someone else, then it is a violation of Gule Sod 
for somebody who was part of the deliberating group to reveal who to, to reveal how everyone voted. Right. So he, he endorsed Regili so it relates to the legitimacy of secret ballots where only the result is then presented to the people about whom the ballot, about whom the, the, the vote happened. And that's a right, so that's one that's that's one really big thing about the um, about the article. And the second really big thing is that he says that the standard for revealing for the standard for Toelet about this kind of Gile Sod, which might also be true for all kinds of Gile Sod and might be true for all kinds of Lashonara, uh, is different whether if the damage is to you as opposed to the damage to somebody else. But you can say it to save somebody else from damage that you would have to endure yourself rather than say it. And those are the two big things I wanted to remember in the article. Now we're going to the Tiferet Yisrael. And we don't know what the Tiferet Yisrael says. But Tiferet Yisrael, what Rabbi Benir doesn't do is explain to you really what, why are these, what's different about a Beit Din, right? So he, he extends it, he extends it right now. We can say, okay, he extended it to, to a kibbutz. So that tells us he must have some concept in mind. And I have predetermined concepts that it maps into nicely, which is this notion. He also extends the Israeli government. Uh, he says, he says, right? It sounds like anything where the where the public has given you the power to make a decision that makes you like a baited, and that's why. You think it's because it's like a baited? That's what he says. Because it is a baitin, then he's extending it because baitin has power to make decisions, and so do anything that they, any any decision making body that has been given the power by the public to make decisions for them, they are treated like a baitin. So, if we as a group decide, right, we're going to vote on what lunch is tomorrow, right? But when we have a committee, right, of the three of you to decide what lunch is tomorrow, then mm -hmm. they will do what it's going to do anyway, and then, <laughs> um, right? So, then we have no right to know what each of you argued. Or do we? Like, are you abated for that purpose? If you accept yeah. our authority on this. Assuming, assuming that, the, that the community has accepted our authority on lunch. So we have right? to give you authority. Like, yeah. So it doesn't yes. apply to purely, this wouldn't apply right. to purely um, advisory committees. It does keep loose on Klubak with us. So yeah, right, lastly, 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 to make decisions. They have, to be, they have to be a, like, they have to be in power. And only, and the, and the group, and the obligation only applies to the group that gave them the power. So an outside reporter has no level. Has no obligations in that regard. Mm. No, it's just the government body has certain privileges. I mean, he talks about a journalist on the footnote. Does he? What does he say? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> I think there was. Okay. So the journalist here. That, that sounds like a a leaker. Yeah, and the question is, is that no, we talked about the journalist. Right, I know. That's okay. I'm sorry. 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 I'm uh, right, he violates the neighbor because he's contributing to the Sarah. Right? And he's he presumably is a Roka. Right. Hmm. Right. So I don't think it's the federal versus outside of matters at all to him. I think it's about government. Right. Government has certain privileges. Yeah. One of the privileges of government is government has um, this need to be private because I guess he doesn't believe in democracy that much. 
No, right. you know, we, we all have this very odd notion, right? Which you know, I, which I endorse also, but I admit it's really hard to fit in the halacha, mm-hmm. where we say government has a right. You know, there's an absolute right of government secrets. There's an absolute right of journalists to break those secrets. And where we have, you know, what we set up in America is this tension, right? The yeah. governments really do need to keep things secret, and journalists really do need to try to break it. And we hope that it turns out that the secrets the government really needs to keep, the journalists won't find out. Uh, and meanwhile, the journalists will prevent them from keeping all the secrets they shouldn't keep. Mm-hmm. Right? And obviously, those you know those those two arcs cross at the Pentagon Papers, uh, right? Where it's a situation that the government can reasonably believe it ought to keep those national security, and on the other hand, the government should, really shouldn't be lying to people for many many years. Uh, as a result, right? As a result mm-hmm. of national security, you get very suspicious that the government is not lying because of national security, rather because of political security. Uh, yeah. but I think that's how we set up in America, right? That the government yeah. uh, top secrecy is legitimate, and punishing people for right, for leaking top secrets is legitimate. But it's not legitimate to punish journalists for receiving top secret information. Mm. And it's not legitimate to punish journalists to force them to reveal the secrets of their information. Journalists who reveal um, protected state secrets actually are able to be secret. I know. I'm sorry. Um, and journalists uh, typically go to the government prior to revealing things that would um, to get permission that they don't do that. And then you get the Pentagon Papers, right? For, they didn't. Okay, but that's that's kind of the the uh, exception. Right? Usually, usually try to build a modus vivendi, but I think our system is built on the idea that journalists keep trying to get secrets, even if they don't reveal them. They keep trying to know them. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the question is whether it's legal. I think the question is whether, like, the American people think that this is legitimate. Like, do we not want journalists trying to get secrets? Right, exactly. That's the point. Yeah. Right, but we don't, also don't think that there shouldn't be classified information. Right. And we don't think it should be shared with reporters because then we just then there'd be no point. There'd be no, there'd be no adversarial relationship. Reporters would just be part of the system. We don't want that. So the question is: Is there a model like that in halacha? Right? Can we say right? You know, could why, we? Fi- why can't they work within the system? Why can't they essentially be a second opinion, like a medical second opinion? That they look and you know, if they have to find the secrets out on their own, they're not a government employee. But then they find it, they go to the government and say, hi, I know this. Will this affect national security? Can I print it? The government either says yes or no. If they say yes, end. If the government says, no, you can't print it, then they go and they talk to their editor and they make the decision that, you know, seems right in their own eyes. You've got a second opinion going there. And if they're wrong, then like, you know, Thoreau, you have to pay the civil dispute. Right. So, so we, we can think of journalists as engaged in, in, in the very lishma. But they're not government employees, right? They have to be an independent agency. They're not. They can't be part. They can't be part of the decision to classify. So they're being adversarial, right? Their job is to find out something. Other people have to keep. Right. There, there, there are X people whose job it is to keep this secret, and there are Y people whose job it is to find it out. Even though those, <laughs> even though X people try to keep it secret, that's an adversarial relationship. Okay, if you want to find that way, then I can go with it. Um, and I think, you know, it, you know when they don't need to be mean to each other. The brief period, <laughs> yeah, the, brief, the brief period of my life when I did you know, investigative reporting. So I understood full well that there were, you know, there were, that there were people who were supposed to keep secrets. And then there was my job to find out those secrets. And the way to find out those secrets was to get someone to leak them to you. Um, so what does the summer abatement draw us from like 11 years ago or whatever say about secrets? Well, I think in general, <laughs> You know, we uh, you know, wholeheartedly and full-throatedly endorsed my conclusion in my issue of college that you can't have a moral society about investigative journalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I'm yeah. you know, projecting or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's really very important. I think mm-hmm. investigative journalism is critical. Mm-hmm. Um, how we set it up holopically, right? Is it a violation of the Malfusa? Um, maybe not, because, the, you know, because we can say the government doesn't intend to enforce its laws against 
on journalists. Or those laws are legitimate. <laughs> or those laws are legitimate. Yeah, it's really problematic. It's really problematic. Uh, I, I don't know if Robinier is uh, probably Robinier, like most people, thinks that journalists should not are not legitimate except when they're finding out things that they think is very important for them to know. It's the problem with the finding it or it's the problem with the publishing? Sounds like both according to Robinier. You know, I think if you said if you're finding out yourself, you'd just quote this Tanos at you and say, Mali Holy Frikalasmo. Right? What's the purpose of finding out except to tell it right? Once you find out, you have to tell your editor, right? So it's already spreading. It's almost the, the purpose is to have that checks and balances in effect. Yeah. As long as you have someone searching, you have your checks and balances. Well, as long as someone's searching with threat to publish, it's not their job to publish everything, but it's their job to find out as much as possible what the other people are trying to keep secret so they can make, so it can be their decision. But we also don't want them to publish freely, so we have threats over them. But we hope that they will be strong enough to over, right, to resist those threats when the national interest requires it. Not their right? Right, that's a big deal, right? That's a big deal in places where the government does treat the children journalists, it's much harder and much braver to be a journalist. But it's really important to be a journalist. It really, really is. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, journalists are clay codish. Um, I am, you know, very. I, I'm, I'm pretty clear about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty clear about that. Um, yep. Yeah, happy to have Yara Rosenberg in our alumni list. Mm. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, Rosenberg. Let's see. Yeah. Look, you, can read, you can read his stuff. He's a journalist. He is a journalist. Yeah. My brothers are journalists. Okay, I'm all for journalists. <laughs> I, you know, Sorry. I'm one of the people who was a journalist in college and never quite overcomes the identity. <laughs> Um, um, well, I only I do very I do mostly opinion writing, but I did do do some reporting. Uh, I did try for years to um, still write to try to to raise money to set up a fellowship for uh, Orthodox journalism. That would just like be a, like fun three stories a year <laughs> in the in the Orthodox. I think it's still really badly needed. Excuse yeah. me, investigative journalism. The investigative journalism, Orthodox community, just right, just to have, just to have right, to have you know. You know, people will be able to apply to have enough money to spend four months investigating a story for real. Uh, mm. so we, we, we never find out information, right? We never, yep. So many things we don't know. I think it, mm. you know, and I wanted to, and I say, look, we have a halachic, right? we'll be, you know, it'll be halachic, right? So we're, we're, we'll set up, we'll set up parameters. Um, but you need journalists. We desperately need journalists. Yeah. Any case. Um, so, any case, that the, the, um, the diversity Israel comes out of the, um, comes out of the um, Ravaminer in the sense that he provides a different way, perhaps, of thinking about what makes the Beitin case different. But we don't know what it is. <laughs> right? That's basically the problem with the problem with the with the Tiferet Shell. We don't know what it is. Right? He's, yeah. he, he clearly has an opinion about it. So I encourage you to come up with one. Uh, right? to come <laughs> with a reading that makes sense. I don't have a reading that makes sense, and I don't see any reason to impose anything on you. Uh, you have Yehuda's reading if you. Uh, which you know, if nothing else is useful, so you can say that my reading is better than the other one, right? Whatever you argue, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, it was really very interesting. I, I I understand the temptation. I find it very hard to believe that it's true, but it's, I understand the mm -hmm. temptation because I don't have any better, right? I just all I have is incoherence um, and frustration because it seems to me, you know, so I would like to just say obviously what he means is what I want, uh, right? Yeah. That is right, he's distinguishing between. Secrets that are constituted uh, from the secrets that are intrinsic in some way. Um, and Ravinier sort of says that, uh, but it also has to admit that Ravinier is probably going to go places I really don't want to go. Uh, and that's probably much more into the secrecy of these kinds of things than I am. 
Um, so yeah, okay. Let's go on to the Horut Natan. Natan Gestetner, I think. Contemporary or re recent, very recent, right? 20th century. Yeah, in the 20th century. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he says, right, Bechad, Shoshana, Eich, Sheyesh, Lacham, Echad, Ko'el, Yeshuot, Rufur. Right now, for the purpose of this trip, we have to suspend disbelief about whether such things exist. Yes. Right? Normally, you might say, not to give any credibility to said friend. All <laughs> 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 uh, right, too many. But he, he doesn't, he doesn't, he makes sure that his um, answer doesn't rely on that, right? Like he, he starts pretending like the shuttle is reasonable, like, like midway through the chuba. How can anyone say it? it's just, you know, I, you, all you can say is that the in my the, the percentage of expensive frauds, right, um, are so low that the odds that you that the person that if someone tells you they have a chacham the odds I would say are not better than random that you have gotten the right chacham of saying refluid, even, even if there is such a thing as chacham. Well, you should refer. No, but he, but he, but like later in the trip, but he never even mentioned that that's what the Chacham is going to do. We just like quote sources about like the Chacham, like you know, having for him, and like, he, he pretends like that was the Shiloh. Okay. Possibly for this reason. And he wishes to, he wishes to tell his friend who has a sick, who has a sick son. So I need to suspend all my cynicism about this. Mm -hmm. uh, enormous cynicism about this. Yeah. Don't okay. We're gonna suspend our citizens about this, right? Let's just let's leave out their food, right? I heard that there's this great doctor. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a miracle match. Just <laughs> um, okay. Where What's interesting, I think, is the I think the, the response. Let's let's take the response, right? The response is near the So you have no need, even though the friend tells you, right, the friend tells you, right, the friend Oserolov, we're not talking about Stam that he said, right, the friend is Oserolov, the Vel Tomar, right, he did the equivalent of writing on a letter. Um, you don't have to listen as long as it's not going to cause him any damage. Because even though the Gemara says it, in the Smag, and the Gemara will quote it, right, the Chavis Chaim says, Keeping secrets, per se, is only Amida Toba. And Amida Toba is not halacha. Right? So here you have something that's really very explicit, right? That there's a difference between halacha and Amida. And what he means by Amida Toba, uh, right? The reason it's only Amida Toba is that it's not an intrinsically wrong action. It's just an action which is designed, to, which, if you engage in it, is likely to bring you to do other wrong actions. Right? As we saw in Rabbi Yonah. Right? So there's nothing about break, there's nothing about confidentiality per se that is a problem. Mm -hmm. It sounds like his position. Right? There's nothing about privacy per se that is a problem. Right? All the, the only thing is damaging. You shouldn't get in the habit of saying information because lots of information um, damage. Lots of information damages. Um, it's kind of funny that every single person who wrote after the Chabetz Chaim quotes the Chabetz Chaim on the subject to say completely different things. Chabetz <laughs> Chaim is the equivalent of pluralism. <laughs> <laughs> Right, every conversation about Lashon Hara, right? You, right, you, right, you, what you want to do is capture the Chavis Chaim. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. No, once he said his points, now it, it makes it easier for everybody else because now we have something to argue with. Yeah, so it's like if if we disagree, right? But usually we don't admit. What like, the point is, we usually don't admit to disagreeing. 
You just mm-hmm. go to the Chaim as if you agree. You go to the Chaim and then you say what you want to say and you claim that's what the Chaim meant. Oh, right. So, okay. so I might read this tshuva as saying that this guy understands that this is really a serious thing. And in Sneers, we consider it that, yes, you have to hide it. You're supposed to hide your chacham capable of great reward. But the fact that you, but you know you want it to get out to everyone, you're doing them a favor if you tell them, which I think most Sneers things are like that. So this is the equivalent, right? We could say this is the equivalent of, of refusing an aliyah the first two times. Mm-hmm. As a dollar, I hate it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that's a real issue. And you know, it's really a problem because you know, so that, that is one of those things that um, I think is, you know, I think people don't, 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 people need to understand, right, that lots of formal, gest- that formal gestures only work in a society where everyone knows the language, right? Once you start having people who don't speak the language in there, right, then there are people who are insulted because they said, because they, they said no and the guy doesn't ask them again. But the reason God doesn't ask them again is because there are lots of people who don't really, write, right, yeah. so, right? So you, the formal languages have to be universally shared or disaster. Or does that yeah. happen? Just like God and the angels. Right? <laughs> right? If you don't understand that that you know that, that you're only being asked for that you're only being formally asked to ascend, but you're not you're not actually you're not actually be given decisive input, then you then things get things go wrong. Um, okay, so yeah, I, I, I would be very tempted to say that what he really meant, I'd like, but I don't think it's what he really meant. I'd be tempted tempted to say what he means is everyone knows when if you say, but don't tell anyone, what you're trying to do is somehow bring your, get yourself out of the loop so you can't be blamed if the chacham is overwhelmed or if the chacham turns out not to be poil yeshua or fluid, right? So, you know, what you're really saying is don't say it came from me, uh, right? Something like that, right? So, you know, so there's, there's no real breach of confidence either. But its formulations are pretty stark that there is no such thing as confidence without an editor. Maybe you took an editor in economics. But all there is is damage and good habits that good people don't say things right, don't say things about other people without reason. But if you have a reason, so in a family, right, there's no situation at all. So that I think is a is a very stark, um, very stark position. Um, it's a denial of intimacy per se as a value. Hmm. Um, so I don't you know. Um, that, and it does fit in line with. The Chafetz Chaim, as we've seen him. Could be, yeah. And then he has his last line, which is really interesting, which is talking about the Gemara uh, being really upset at the people who refused to reveal the secrets of the Torah. Um, <laughs> they, right, they had trade secrets, but, yeah. their trade sec- but having, they're having trade secrets was against the public interest. But, right, um, because that way, we, you know, if, they, if they lost their secret, we wouldn't have any backups for the Torah. And so, right, and so they right, so they were punished for their. Sounds like it was more for economic reasons. Also, right, they had an monopoly, right? Which is why you have a trade secret, right? So that's a whole. So it's an interesting comparison. Right? It's an interesting comparison that um, that you know, that we right. He think he thinks that all medical knowledge should spread, mm-hmm. and that includes all knowledge of which doctors are good. I'm not, but he might also just be saying that. When we say that ain shum reota, we don't mean they'll be unhappy. The, the rabbi might well be unhappy. They united the daven for a thousand people every day. That sounds like it will ruin his life. But that doesn't matter. We care if they have a legitimate interest. Interest in keeping secrets, he thinks, is objective rather than subjective. I think that's the point he's trying to make here. Um, well, he says, so, He does say that, but then he also says that he shouldn't, that he's kishofech damim if he does not megalit shmo. Yeah, so that's a really... And yet, like the, you know, it's like Rodef and 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 um, 
they're being, you know, they're being, they're being people in foreign countries somewhere the government, right, who, you know, the government is attacking, do you, do you have to run around the world being, right, being Superman? And, you know, even super, the Superman ever get to be Clark Kent? Uh, you know, do you get five minutes with Lois Lane? Or, right, or, or do you have a Chiyah, because you can go anywhere in the world, so you have a Chiyah Rodeo the entire time. Right, there, there's a, this, you know, could ask Mendel to help us, right, help us superheroes? Yeah. Oh, that's what Spider-Man is all about. Yes. Yeah. Right, right. Spider-Man also, right? I think it's a... Yeah, but you also have to know, like, as a leader, you have to know your limits like, of, like, how, how much where crime is happening. No, but the whole point of Spider-Man is Spider-Man just wants to live like a normal teenage wife, and he has to be a superhero. And but he has responsibility. Yeah. That's a great power, that's a great responsibility. There's a lot less power than Superman does. Yeah, but my point is, like, that's what the theme of the comic is I think there is a comic book where, like, so, like, some woman comes to yell at Superman because he didn't do laser surgery on her husband or something. There's another thing you can do. You can try and make the argument that Rina's making, which is that, in fact, that because eventually you would break down, so you're entitled to set limits on your time, but that would imply that you can only set those limits at your... The minimal time necessary to keep you right. Your goal is to save the maximum number of lives in history, and now you right. You can have the minimal amount of time for right. For you know, if you say, well, you know what, I find myself not saving enough people if I don't get five minutes lowest lane, right? So you get five minutes lowest lane every two weeks, uh, right? As opposed well, to you might not succeed like, if you're not at peace in yourself, and you might. But, but those are all pragmatic arguments. Yeah, you can't say yeah, I you have, have a right. responsibility for sure. If you're smarter than everybody else, you have to help more people. But do you not have a right? You get any time off? Just right. because, right. just because I, just I want to be a better I mean, person. Maybe fun will help you to like. No, but forget that. What if it does? Right. Then you shouldn't. Then you should use all your time mm. for mitzvah. Ah, I mean, that's you're supposed question. to shmeister. Ah, you're supposed to bath at the shmeister. Your whole heart, not like half. Like half my life, I'll dedicate to Hashem. The other half, dedicate to something else. That's yeah, that's that's a real question. Is any room? Is any room for yourself or for yourself or not? Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, yourself is part of it's an important. You're a person too. You're supposed to love yourself too. So, uh huh. But you know, self harm but, and be miserable all day because, like, you really want to watch this movie. Well, self harm is cheating, right? You know, you can claim, you know, that I, that I will self harm to myself if I don't, if I don't have a normal life. Don't no, think no. I mean, that's a form of self harm. Like, you're making yourself sad because you want to go to theater. Yeah, but I'm saving lives, and you're gonna be like, no, like I'm gonna. But I'm saving lives. Save a life instead, but. Yeah, so you have to know, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to realize, like, you might be able to save another person's life, but you you have, like, a desire to go to, like, I don't know, a movie. concerts. Yeah. So you can't really justify it. Yeah. So is that legitimate? I mean, yeah, let's say you'll be miserable. Let's say you're saving people's life all day, but you're, like, depressed, and you have to take meds, and, you, and you're, like, I don't know what. So you what? Have to, yes. You're saving people's lives yeah. anyway. Yeah, but, like, you, why should you have to take meds that, like, potentially, like... Because you're saving people's lives. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think you have to. But that's a form of self harm. Like you could have yeah, been happy. This way. If you this, had to now you have to take meds because I hate spit. If you had to, if you had to drink, if you had to eat the hearts of no. people to stay alive and be happy, everyone would agree it's also to go rip out people's hearts and be happy, even right. if you yeah. really need it to be happy. So why should not letting people die be fundamentally different? We would deal with people's lives. We shouldn't care. You asked about each individual case, right? Like, should I go watch a movie or save mm-hmm. this person's life? You're never going to say you should go watch the movie. No, if it's like somebody's dying in front of you, but if it's like I have to go out of my way. That's the problem. No, like right in front of you, like you're walking down the street and somebody is like, I don't know, being beaten up. It's a difference. Why I think logically it's a difference. No, so speaking, speaking ideologically, why does it matter? <laughs> Um, I think I think it's different because no, but I think the situation. Let's say okay, somebody's dying in front of you, but if you don't go to the doctor right now because you have like medical problems, let's say, 
then that could potentially give you a risk, like a, a physical risk for your health. Yeah, you keep putting a physical risk. You keep a physical risk. Well, you have physical risk. You're going to a theater to watch a play. Then you have to. I think in that moment, it's got it's divine providence that you're in that situation. You have to save them. No, but if it, the person is not it, the person is not dying in the theater. Princeton is dying on the other side of the world. But you're Superman, and you're in the theater now. No, so I think I think I I, I have this question in my life. Yeah, like I really do think that there's that you have to find the balance. Yeah, and it's not an easy balance, and mm -hmm. and you have. But if you go to the other extreme, if you're always trying to save people, then eventually you'll never want to save people ever again, and you'll only be in the theater all day long. <laughs> and then, it doesn't uh, matter what you want. Always pragmatic, aren't you? It doesn't matter what you want, though. But the thing is, you have to be realistic. Like, what's going to eventually lead you to a lifestyle where you're saving the maximum amount of people? If if doing it too much at yeah. first, you're going to extreme in one direction, then you're not going to so end up. A, you're this, not going to end up having that lifestyle. This is a different kind of question. Like the this is the I'm a Balshuva, but if I try to be Shomer Shabbos now, yeah. Right, which no one has ever explained to me halakhically, despite constant efforts to try and get people to admit that they would paskin to for the person that they don't have to keep Shabbos. Right, no one will ever admit that to me. Right? So that, you know, there's a couple of this fancy distinction. There's there's itza, and there's psak, and you know, but they're saying it, right? You know, there's a meaning to it, right? Which is I can't paskin this for you because I can't, I cannot say that you would not be shomer Shabbos. But the people do, right? All the time they give advice to right to knowledge, but take it gradually. Right. Take yeah. It gradually, yeah. Why? Well, it depends on the person also. Like some people... Like, Wait, but why why can't I tell them right now? It's Shabbos. <clears throat> Shabbos, right? We know human nature. You have, to, you, have to be, you have to understand human nature. You can't just have this mathematical, but, physics, uh, all these scientists. A lot of people here are like scientists. So but, let's say I also me. have that tendency to think like that. Like let's think like very scientifically. Like this is the model. Like Shabbos is a halacha. Like forget about <laughs> human nature. Forget about everything, and just follow this. That's not going to work. You have to understand, like psychology. Wait, what is work have to do with halacha? It's also because 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 Hashem knows our soul. Like He knows that we're people. If you look in the Torah, you'll see that's a big value. Like to make things actually like humanized and like like for, uh, there's like a lot of examples of this. Like you know, like Yitzhak Mitzrayim. We have the example of. Um, I think that like one of the commentators says this, that like one of the reasons we even have Corbanot in the first place is because, says it's a second, yeah, it's a compromise. It's a that, compromise from Yitzhak Mitzrayim where we used to uh, worship yeah, idols. But we don't say that, we don't, we wouldn't let people worship idols nowadays gradually because somebody- Or, or Vina, would you, Vina, would you say the same thing about prostitution? If I said, you should say, I visit the brothel every week. Now you should start visiting the brothel, you know, every other week. And slowly you'll visit the brothel less and less until you stop being prostitutes. Well, I think prostitution is illegal in America, but if you're in a country where prostitution... No, is just okay, you're, 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 you're driving state. us off the rails. We're not going there. We're not going there. <laughs> Mary, what do you want to say? Five minutes ago. Move on. It's interesting. So I, I, I just, I do want to kind of take umbrage at uh, or disagree. I guess would be better. With uh, Tani's uh, question about Superman. And Umbridge. Because... Uh, <laughs> He's a good guy. I'm not going to say but I'm going to disagree. Respectfully and calmly. Um, because um, I think that's, I think that's like expanding the point too far. Because I think that it, it, my husband and I have this conversation a lot. Um, he's somebody who's just very happy with who he is and where he is. You know, he keeps kosher, he keeps Shabbos, and he feels like he's done enough. I'm somebody who <laughs> spends like literally some days, 20 hours a day, 
literally helping people you know yeah. from the bathroom i'm texting to be there for people and in the yeah. meantime you know taking care of my own children as well as the kids that i you know teach and all of that um mm -hmm. and the truth is that you know by june i'm i'm really I'm a disaster. <laughs> um, and, and I say, oh my God, you are so right. Um, and then by October, when you know everything's kind of going up and everything, you know, I'm like, you're wrong. How can you not do this? This is so amazing to be like knowing for sure in this moment, I am making a difference. I am being Hashem's partner to make the world a better place. Like, how do you sit there in front of your computer? <laughs> but you see, that's also a negative consequence, right? Mm -hmm. Now you're mad at other people. Oh, no, I'm not really mad, no. I'm no, okay, amazing, yeah. and I would not change it. Okay, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I do not take umbrage with my husband either. Okay. You have that happens to me like because i sometimes do a lot of things more than other people that i i look down on other people so uh no i he's my husband so i have yeah. to push him to do more but i did i i, I, I genuinely don't look down i try to like yeah. all yeah. miss i try not to but uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so like but but that is seriously a, a question that like we do talk about right. um you know yeah. is it enough to follow the mitzvahs and he isn't doing it out of laziness he's doing it because he genuinely believes from the basis of his relationship with god um, and his relationship with judaism that that the mitzvahs are there because i mean i don't want to put words in his mouth so double check with him but this is my mm -hmm. understanding the mitzvahs are there because hashem cares about us and so hashem created a world in which we can be the most you know happy and fulfilled that we can be and he you know, it follows every mitzvah and gives, you know, tzedakah and does all these things. And then he sits in his moment and he's happy. And he believes that in that moment, being happy is also equal to, you know, obviously not saying the person is like falling around in front of you because that would be a terrible thing to do to walk up by. But, you know, uh, to, you wouldn't to, be happy. Huh? Yeah. You wouldn't be happy doing that. I hope. Uh, I hope. Okay, good point. But, but that that is absolutely equal to going out, finding problems and fixing mm -hmm. them. And um, I don't know that he's wrong. Um, I think that society needs him and society needs me mm -hmm. in order like to work. And I think that that's maybe why it's not you know clear from Torah. What do I do with the person who's you know unfortunately having trouble on, on the other side of the city on the other side of the world? You know, we take care of what's important of us according to Zadaka, right? Um, we take care of our, our own community first. We take care of the person who's fallen down in front of us first. And if you have left over, then yes, please go out and help more. Mm -hmm. You know, I happen to be somebody you probably haven't noticed this has a lot of energy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so Baruch Hashem, I can. Um, but, you know, that's okay. Because it, we're, each, we're each part of Hashem's plan. Okay. I, I, I would yeah. agree with you. Um, I also feel similar ways to your husband at certain points. My point is that it's hard sometimes to justify why why it's okay to be happy when there's someone else who needs help across the city. Do you find his reasoning persuasive? I don't know if I fully understood your husband's reasoning. Okay, fine. Maybe good. I could ask. Well, this is a quite uh, discussion for another time. This is, yeah. I think, is a much fuller discussion, because right? we're in our narrow context, right? We're interested <laughs> only in whether people are allowed to, you know, whether people are allowed to, allowed to ask people, other people, or are allowed to keep their abilities to help people secret right that's really the question can i say you know what i know that you're they read that you're really good at fixing computers but um right but please don't tell anyone 
because if that's the case, then I'm going to have to spend all my days, all my, all my spare time in life fixing computers mm -hmm. for good purposes, right? If for mm -hmm. all the for all the desperate Talmud Chachamim whose computer breakdown almost right before Shir, uh, <laughs> right? The all right, all, all those sorts of things, right? Okay, so let's. I, we want to get out of the um, out of the. Um, is right is right whether you want to consider the possibility which maybe is that there really is no intrinsic value of intimacy or confidentiality really all information that is a public good should be known and you have to justify and any information which is for the public good it requires a great deal of justification to conceal it as opposed to a presumption that any information about people is private and you have to justify revealing. I'm not sure I agree. I'm not sure I agree with that. He doesn't even say it's for the public good. He just says because there's no damage. Yes, right. There's no damage. Maybe maybe knowing things is a public good. At least there's neutral stuff, right? Is it maybe he has a neutral category? Yes, Yuda. Yuda? Yes, I didn't mute button spoken. Um, I don't think that is exactly a fair phrasing what he said. I think what he says is that we evaluate the secrecy of things objectively and not necessarily entirely subjectively, and that we should place less weight than we were used to on whether the person who the secret's about wants to keep it secret. But there are undoubtedly things you think that Magala showed that are, I don't, that are not harmful directly. You say undoubtedly because you don't doubt it or because there's evidence? <laughs> <laughs> I said undoubtedly because he talks about Hikmit Shemachachachach. Why should that matter? He doesn't think subjectivity matters at all. He talks about what? That makes a difference. Clearly, whether he's Makhpid makes a difference. He does, right? So you're, you're taking that line of Chacham and no Makhpid. As a, okay. I think like, it makes a difference. I'm not sure if it's dispositive. It might be that it could be that he'd be Makhpid we still have to tell it. But it, clearly, there are things for which whether he's Makhpid makes a difference. Okay. But I could argue minimally that he's think that he's that he'll, his thing, his being Makhpid only makes a difference in the cases of information which is totally neutral. But anything which is a public good, he's right. He has no right to keep secret. Right. Or we could say uh, even his this truth is even compatible with a framework where everything is a dichotomy, and we have forces pulling us to reveal it, and forces pulling us to keep it secret. And the question is, which force comes out stronger? It could be we have to do that balancing act for every single secret, and this truva could read the same way it does. It could. It could be right, but, it, but it's still going to end up that secrecy per se is not a value. No, it is. You can see the value. That's what pull, that's what pulls at one direction, and public good is also value which pulls the other direction. But he tells you the public good trumps secrecy. In these cases, yeah, because it's Shrikh Islam. It's a very strong case. Because it's Shrikh Islam. Or loss of Torah forever, both of which are very, very bad things in the Holocaust system. We can think of much more mild cases. Where he never frames of $100. He doesn't frame it that way. He frames it as the Ein Shum Reya. So you're going to claim that that's only the counter, the counter to it? Okay. So my point is, he's dealing with a very easy case. We can't apply him to hard cases. Where it's a small monetary loss or something. It tells you very, that the only reason for Balyomar is Mida Tova. Right? There's nothing, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with repeating information that is not negative. That, that much he tells you explicitly. Mm -hmm. So I think that he can't think that. Yeah. But you might be right. You might, you might have to limit the uh, Mida Tova. Okay. Okay, so let's take a long, let's take a look at the talk with Yaakov, and then I guess we will get to Rabbi Goldberg um, tomorrow, and perhaps I'll throw in the, the contemporary tradition article also as a as a balance. And you should certainly spend time looking up whatever McCurdy has. And maybe I'll think of one other thing to uh, to throw on. Rabbi Goldberg mentions my one of my favorite books. It was uh, Benjamin Freeman's Duty and Healing. So perhaps I will put in selections from that. Uh, none of you have heard of that book, right? I will evangelize. Okay.
We saw the article. I love that. Great. <laughs> I have heard of it before. Absolutely great book. Um, absolutely great book. Um, you know, just uh, like a deserves enormous. It's one of the reasons, like, I was so excited when I found this article about Goldberg. Say, like, oh look, somebody else read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it said, like, somebody else read the book who is Jewish and from. Um, it probably has more influence than others. Like, like, like as as uh, Bryce mentioned yesterday, that you know, Professor Wishergrad's material, which has unfortunately been uh, until 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 Renee Salvation came along and began, started popularizing his stuff. Um, or Wishergrad was known. Doctor Wishergrad was known much more among Christians than among Jews, which is really unfortunate. Uh, have, any, have, you ever, have you ever heard of Michael Wishergrad? I don't know. Okay, well, we only have four weeks. Michael uh, <laughs> uh, Wishergrad was, was a was a uh, Orthodox philosopher. It was died recently. His children actually live in Newton, and yeah. he was. Um, his, his his big Jewish book is called The Body of Faith, because he thinks yeah. the Rama was a mistake. Oh, I, I've I've heard people reference this. <laughs> yeah, he believes in you know he. Um, it, but where he's really, you know, I don't think corporealism makes much difference one way or the other, honestly. Um, and I think there are places where he had a lot of influence by sex, which for some reason is not openly acknowledged, unlike uh, Roy Soloveitcher, who does mention it, Mayor Soloveitcher. But uh, what, he was, what he did was offer a, a full sort of defense of particularism, which did not in any Jewish way- Jewish particularism or particularism in general? Particularism in general, for which Jewish particularism is an instance, and he, and he showed a way which you could be particularist, which in no way required you to have a diminished sense of responsibility towards the world. You didn't have to, you didn't have to say negative things about non-Jews to be particularist. That's a really big thing. Sounds like it's very relevant in the current societal context. It's a very, it's a very, it's very important. So Rabbi Sachs's Indignity of Difference, I think, is also an important book. I don't, I, it's puzzling to me there isn't a footnote. Um, there isn't, so maybe they write it entirely independently. Um, but he is a very, very similar, very, very similar argument um, with a with about a certain turning point in Greek philosophy. I think I think I reviewed uh, um, Professor Wishergrad's work in the tradition many years ago. You can read my review, and you can see what. Uh, can you say his last name again? Wishergrad, W Y S C H O G R O D. Okay. Um, I reviewed a collection. I mean, I was formerly I was reviewing a collection of short stories called Abraham's Promise, um, which. Um, but uh, Rabbi Carmi asked me to really go through the body of faith as part of the same review, so it takes on it takes on some of the same some of the same things. Um, it's worth being it's important, but it was cool because he, before Rabbi Sachs, he was the only Orthodox biblical theologian there was. Hmm. Everybody else is a, everybody else is a rabbinic theologian with the material rate, and he wasn't anti-traditional. Right? He wasn't like he was he wasn't he wasn't but he was but he built his theology off what he off Tanakh. And that was a very mm-hmm. rare thing. Um, and yeah. Okay, let's take a look at the Chalkis Yaakov. So this is the, the way in which the Shiloh usually shows up, right? Shaduchim is the major information. Shaduchim in medical ethics and the, and the, the joint, the union of Shaduchim in medical ethics is right, is where all the, the information Shilohs come up. Um, so we have a question if you have a, you have a fellow who, you know, who Rechonel Islan has cancer and he doesn't know this either. And we know that there is a that the medical profession has a convention of secrecy, right? Um, or you can argue that it even has, it has internal rules about secrecy. Uh, this is before I think that there were laws about it. He doesn't bring up the right? Doesn't mean sure. this before, before there were laws about it. This is right. This is just a um, this is just right, the internal the internal the internal code of doctors. 
Um, because, right, the assumption, the assumption at this stage is, right. right, among doctors, that if you tell patients about the seriousness of their illness, that will cause them, that will cause them to decline. Um, and, um, right, and he's married to, he's married to, uh, and, so he's not, he's engaged, right, and he wants to be married. And the question is, do the doctors, right, he doesn't know, so there's no, you know, there's no issue of deception here, right? You're a third party, and you know something that uh, would probably cause her to reconsider, right? He says, So obviously, this is an, it's an important truva in terms of, uh, right, in terms of Aguno, the issues like that, right? You know, that he makes a claim that, you, right, that mm -hmm. uh, right, look, right, he explicitly mentions Tavlamaitov and right, and say, yeah. we're not going to say it here. It's all sorts of ways in which this truva could be important for other purposes. Mm -hmm. But um, for our purposes, right, um, the question is, does he, right, does he, um, right, does, right he, ha he hasn't given bad advice, no one asked him, and maybe, right, maybe the conventions of medical secrecy are sufficient to overcome any duty to tell Bacala about this information that she would certainly want to know about. And let's assume that he thinks it's legitimate for her to want to know about, right, that it's legitimate for, if, if, if the groom had hidden from the wife, the, right, the, right, the fact, the right, the fact that he had a diagnosis that would kill him within two years, right? That would be that would be a grounds for mm -hmm. her being deeply betrayed. Yeah, right. She's entitled to know this. Right. Um, whether she's entitled to launch an investigation, right, is, is a whole separate question. Right. Whether she's entitled to demand that he undergo medical treatment, that's not our issues right now. We're assuming yeah. an ideal. He's supposed to, if he knew he's supposed to tell her. Okay. So now he so he starts off by saying that right. You know that. Um, that Lotano Damrayecha expands beyond saving people from death. Right? Bad things will happen to her if she marries him. Right? And he doesn't cheat by claiming that she's going to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. Right? Just this is a terrible thing that she is going to be that she's going to be a widow in two years. And it, it, context, he's talking about the baby, isn't he? Just both. Baby? He's talking about the fact about the fact that, um, right, yeah. like, like he's talking oh. infertile and stuff, and then even if, even if they, you're they, right, they, and the She's going to be in a situation where either she'll have to try to have a child with 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 with, with massively elevated risks, or right. Um, and okay, so all these things, right? You're right. I should. Right, it's not clear how we. How the, we the worst thing imaginable is having a disabled child. I'm pretty sure. I mean, <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that's what he means. I mean, he, he brings like up the. That's the worst thing imaginable. Mm -hmm. I know there's a whole list. That's A. It's bad for her. B. Um, right. So then he says, right, then he says, right, it's the 20th century at some point. Chagadiyaka is certainly around the 30s. He may be ready, still around after the war, I think. Yeah. yeah he's he's sure long time after the war. Okay, so I don't know when this, and this, this yeah. trip is not dated. So, no. I don't, so I don't know. Okay. But fine, he's going to get radiation treatment. Um, 
right? So is it either it's very difficult? I'm not I'm not convinced. It could be that she she wanted that she it could just be she'll be a widow rapidly and she won't want to have children because either he'll be infertile or the risk of right. Yeah. I don't think the point is that it's um not death, but it is something that's very, very, very serious for her. Right. The question is what it was Farmer just argue that whether what's really serious about her is is oh. is having a disabled child or just know what her argument is, but in the terms of his larger argument, what he's constructing here, I don't think it matters. I mean, their point is not that. It doesn't matter what kind of worse. Right. It's a problematic statement. In many ways, say, you know, each woman would find something else different. So, for our purpose, I'm fine with that, right? For forgetting it would matter. But for our purposes, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Right. As a precedent, forgetting it matters a great deal. What the matter is a great deal, what the risk is. Well, I think what does matter for our purposes is that he's clearly dealing with an objective evaluation for which secrets are worthy secrets and unworthy. It doesn't matter what kind of person he is, what kind of person she is, whether he'd want it to be a secret, whether he wouldn't want it to be a secret. Well, this is a bad thing, right? He, he, approves, he approves of uh, of her wanting to know all this stuff. Yeah. But he's uh, not even evaluating whether the um, whether the Khatan would want her to. Right, because he has no right to keep this information secret from her, right? The Khatan. Well, I understand that. But that's important for us because even in the previous Chuva, we at least evaluate that. Whether or not we accept it or not is a different question, but we least evaluate it. And I think the fact that we're not even entering, it's not a dichotomy, unlike the previous one, which is perfectly compatible with a dichotomy where someone has the right to keep things secret, they, and they also have uh, responsibilities, and one outweighs the other. In this one, it's not a dichotomy. It, we evaluate whether it's a valid secret based on objective standards, and if it is a valid secret, we tell it. If it, it if we don't tell them. If it isn't a valid secret, we do tell it. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy it because... Does it really not matter at all like, to anyone here that we're talking about here as a Juva about how mm-hmm. like somebody who doesn't know he's dying of cancer has to have an engagement broken off like right before he is going to die without knowing any of this or why it's happening? So, it, well, yeah. you think we tell her and not him? Because it's so oh. horrific that, 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 yeah. that we cannot imagine putting the burden of being married to him we'll, on anyone. We'll tell her and not him, you think? I think that's what they're talking about. They never yeah. mentioned him. And she'll break it off without telling him? Yeah, I think, we're just, I think we're just telling this cancer patient that he that he has to be alone forever without ever knowing why, or even that he's well, not. Yeah. that would be bad. I, I assume... We're not telling him that he has to be alone forever. All that happens from his He assumes that no woman would ever want to marry this guy. I understand. Um, but from the cancer patient's perspective, she's either going to break it off, which unfortunately happens, but doesn't tell him right. who's all will film in the future. It's just, all right, this one didn't work out. Um, it's not a good thing, it's not an easy thing, but it's something that happens. He doesn't know why right. he's really alone forever functionally. That's what okay, you're yes, telling me. As I told you before, there, there you can marry a person that's also uh, Right. Well, we can have I think no. from her perspective, the responsibility is not necessarily on her. It's kind of like, I mean, look, it's coming from the common understanding of met- medical ethics, but I don't know. I, I think we can comment on if, like, in this Tesuva, like, the rabbi should have taken into account, maybe this guy should know what's going on. So it, I, his point is, yeah. and whether you accept the, the yeah. validity, but his point is, if he knows, that will do him a direct right. disservice. 
which yeah, was right, the common right. understanding. Yeah, but bringing up right. Yehuda's for granted, I think Sparbach was right. Like, let's yeah, say, let's it, say, it's let's a say problem there's a that... culture in which Yehuda couldn't know his diagnosis, right? And his doctor told me, you know, there's a possibility he could have a reduced lifespan and reduced, you know, whatever. And right? it's on you. Like, you like, can just, you don't have how? to break it off. Do we and want to look at the world? To break it off, then that's your choice. Do we want but, to look at a world in which we think that chronically ill people are so horrific that we can't imagine ever burdening anybody with them, but also they can't know about their own chronic illnesses. So, so what I, they I, live I, in is a world in which nobody will be associated with the truth on the assumption that if you tell her that you have to tell him i no that's not what they're anybody no um but, <laughs> sorry, I'm like, but I totally uh, that's not how i heard it either but super i completely agree with you that's just not the world that he lived in but yeah. i don't think that we need to like again be worried about that because we don't agree with that now much like the blight article which was you know horrifically offensive today but yeah. it had well, a people do like, still, that was relevant to art okay well, i want to let's focus on what he's saying about right in the broader but his, yeah okay so, but, but wait this isn't no but this isn't irrelevant to our case because we do live in a society where you could very well imagine telling genetic information about carrier status. I understand that. Yeah. I understand. And I think I, it's worth it that Superman brought it up because we don't want to just read it with I'm not objecting to that. I just, but I think now I want to, it's 2.37 and I want to, <laughs> I want to bracket it because I want to get through what it says about, um, <laughs> what it says about the, na the narrow issue, um, which has, right. So he thinks that you, right, that this is information that you have an obligation to tell the, right, to tell, to tell the bride. Um, and it's also, it's also, it's also lift the ever because you're, he thinks that there's some kind of passive lift the ever, um, right. Um, which is a big move, right. Yeah, we not, looked at the mission on mouse, it was wild. Right. Yeah. That's a, right. That's a, that's a big, that's a big finish. Then we always get into the Jewish non-Jewish thing, which we're going to bracket. Yeah. Um, the eight Noah high boss. Um, <laughs> Uh, also, the light about Mazana Batola Bale, we're going to bracket for now. Um, but among Jews and non-Jews, you have to right, you have to, you have to do it. We get rid of we get rid of Tablamate of Tandu. Okay, what uh, the narrow issue for us is right is the claim that the patient doesn't need to know, mm -hmm. right? And you can't tell the patient information. Presumably, even if the patient asks, no. Yeah. Right. So that would. That that would be directly against any notion of a right to know. And there's no information that no, you. No, it write. doesn't prove anything. We think it's pikuach nefesh not to tell him. It could it's be anything. Right. Tell. right, pikuach nefesh to tell him. It doesn't matter what what justification you'd have for telling him. It wouldn't apply here because it's pikuach nefesh. He'll die soon. And you think it's only pikuach nefesh? What if it's going to? I don't know if it's only pikuach nefesh. All I know is it doesn't tell us any information about rights to know because it's pikuach nefesh on the other side. So it could be anything. What's just this? We know it's uh, not a vote of Gilui Arayos or Shikotamim to, to tell him. To, to not, yeah, that's all we know. What is his language? What is his, what is his language when he says it? His language when he says it is. Um, so, what is he talking about? Um, right? He said, right, so the truth is, it, it's. It's within medical, it's a function of medical ethics not to say it to the relatives or to him. He doesn't say it's halacha. It's just a function of medical ethics. He doesn't actually take a position about that. That's not what he's talking about here. So I'm not talking, telling the... He's not telling the kala. So he, right? So I think one question... He doesn't is, mention, I think he doesn't mention telling them because he understands that it's a uh, nefesh to tell him he thinks he'll die soon. Or he just thinks that, it's, if it, that your right to know doesn't overcome his duty to medical ethics. Yeah. That, I don't think we can know that. I think this is just a black box. All we know okay. is... 
So that's right. So that's that's what you, what you what he doesn't say is how can we possibly possibly this way give out? Right, there's a person. Right, the person has a person has a person needs to know things. Right, he doesn't mention the, the need for the person to do vidui. Right, he doesn't mention the right the needs of the person to go to mitzavel beto. But he's not dying right now. Right, those those are all much more immediate. Yeah. Right, so you have to tell him. Right, him. presumably he's gonna presumably figure he's it out. A year and a half, but like, if you have to tell him in a year and a half. So what do you think? Do you think that right, do do you think that there'd be any force to an argument that says, but no, he has a right to know? I mean, if the thing is really gross and nefesh, then no. You don't have a right to know things that are really because of nefesh. Yeah, if you knowing something will result in someone like being more likely to die, then no, you don't get to know that. So you think, let's say, for example, that if you were in a town that right, where the information is going to be broadcast, you'd be entitled to get in the car to get out of town so not to find out on Shabbos. Mm-hmm. I just find a way. Is this really because of nefesh? Would you let him in the call of Shabbos to avoid finding out? Everybody's passing on the act Maybe he'll find out. Maybe he won't. Now it's, uh, it's not that I mean. Do you really think that's because of Nevesh? I mean, if, if that's what the argument is, then yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's really because of I also think I want to bring up the non-Jewish thing in more. I know you skimmed over, but I think it actually is important because I think what he's saying in the non-Jewish section is that from a purely ethical and moral evaluation, we don't have mitzvot to get in the way. The right thing to do is not to tell her, which I think is an important piece of information if I'm reading that correctly. So he's a kuti. He thinks that lifting is just a ritual obligation. That's a young driver. I don't know what he thinks, but he seems to be saying that the right thing to do in absence of specific halachot is not to tell them. He does kind of seem to say that. Which I think is an important thing to note. He doesn't think. He doesn't think that. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't think that preventing people from getting into bad marriages is an ethical duty. Yeah, because he thinks they'll be happy anyway. Mm. He thinks they'll be happy anyway. It's claim, right? He quotes the Gemara that like yeah. which is about how women oh. are happy even in marriages yeah. that you would think would make them happy. Oh, because right, because you have no fear of kuruvu and you have no iser, right? So you'll be happy anyway. Why shouldn't you be married? So that's a very social. As a very social circumstance, but it wouldn't apply in America today, obviously. Right? Marriage doesn't do anything for anyone that way. But I'm not talking about the specific claim. That's not the important thing. The important thing is he's saying he thinks the halakha forces you to do the wrong thing. He thinks so. I'm not sure that's true because it could be that they're happy, so there's no issue. It's not the halakha forcing you to. It's, it is, it's, still, it's the right thing because what do they lose? I'm not so sure. I, I'm not so sure I either. I, I think it's important to at least think about the fact that he does seem to think that, that what we're doing is not necessarily the right thing to do from a society construction perspective or even from a moral perspective. Okay, I'm not sure. I think you think about it. I'm, I'm not sure which way I'm going to end up. To me, what's striking is just the absence of any, the absence of any counterclaim. Right? There's, no, there's no discomfort with saying that I know something about you that's really important to you and I won't tell you because I know what's good for you. And it's not good for you to know it. There's no discomfort with ruining a guy's life either. Mm-hmm. There's no discomfort with ruining a guy's life either. But that's also true, right? There's no discomfort. I mean, um, I, I, that's a choice between two people. I, I think I'm. Not, yeah, she'll be happy. He won't be. She'll be miserable anyway. That's the same claim. I think mm-hmm. I think I'm with you on this one. Like, this is not a case where we can draw draw broad conclusions about whether people have a right to know things because the alternative is people have mm. So I understand that. I understand the the logical argument is true. But it's still striking. It doesn't come up. Uh-huh. In a modern context, the first question will be, 
Do I have a right to keep the information from somebody? Oh, I have a right to make the same way that Rezirin argued about um, about about uh, Lashnara, right? Do you say that? Right, do you do you see the counterforce? Right. So right. Do you see it as a? So I, I think that in the Falcons Yaakov there is no counterforce. I mean, he's also not talking about whether to tell the person himself. That's right. What the truth is about. It doesn't. He gets rid of that. Right? The, the, the medical the medical convention is you don't tell patients because it's bad for them. And we are perfectly happy with the medical convention in which doctors decide not to tell people. Things. Well, it's not the question he was asked. Right. Okay. And he's not bothered. You know, maybe this is just my my rough maidan moment. Right. 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 I just want someone to reset to say Gival to read the Shaila. Um, right. Maybe that's it. Okay. Maybe fair. It sounds like they, the only reason he even mentions this is to avoid any Nekartaud issues. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. So, at the end of the day, you can say, look, the, you know, if you, want to, if you want to bracket this trivia, you'll say that the trivia says nothing halakhically. It just exists in a world where, the, where everyone understands that doctors are an exception because doctors are allowed to be paternalistic for whatever reason. Pardon? Right. And that's it. Right. In general, maybe lots of other professionals are allowed to be paternalistic. Maybe lawyers are allowed to lie to you about whether you're going to win your case. Mm -hmm. um, right. Maybe, you know, because it you will know, depress you if you think you're going to lose and why should it be depressed? Or no, or not even that. It can be a much better case where yeah. let's say you have a good chance of winning, but if you lose, you're going to end up in prison for a long time. So from an expected value perspective, it's better to settle now. So they say you have no chance in court, which will lead to the, on average, the best outcome for you. Okay, right. So that's right. So we could, right, we could extend it from doctors and claim that all professionals are entitled to be paternalistic. Let's not do that. Let's not do I that. Necessarily let's not do that. Let's just say doctors are entitled to be paternalistic. And we could, if we want to be narrow, we would say, and doctors are only allowed to be paternalistic in cases of pikuach nefesh, and that's that. So we, right, and then then the Chazal doesn't tell us anything really, other than it's just a snapshot of how people wrote Shuvah at a particular time. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then I just you know what the Chazal then is useful for is being what Rabbi Goldberg is writing about, mm -hmm. right? And you understand what where why it's why Rabbi Goldberg is such a chiddush. Right, because right, because he's right. writing for audience where paternalism is not in any way startling. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so that will be the break for today. Tomorrow we'll do tomorrow we'll do Rabbi Goldberg's article. Um, look up whatever you can. Right, if, you know, um, I will I will send you the link, God willing, to the uh, you know, to the article in the current tradition. So if you finish this, you can look at the article in the current tradition, and it'll give you some idea of how navigating it. And um, I will try to pick out a relevant section of duty and healing so that you can have an a chance to, to read that book. Also, it, it, one of the unfortunate things, apparently it was once a much larger book with massive footnotes that was online. And then they decided that to preserve his memory, they had to, right, they had to sell it to a publisher and publish it. And the condition of publishing it was to take the, the massive longer edition of footnotes offline. Uh, so I think it's, I, I hope somewhere somebody has a backup and that eventually they'll do it. Particularly since, unfortunately, the second edition of the book, for some reason, still possibly was published printed without punctuation. It was a global search and replace that just blew it before the second edition of the book. Uh, so it was printed without, it didn't become a bestseller, astonishingly. <laughs> in the second edition, I use it as a textbook in my medical ethics class again. And, uh, you know, just some people just realize, you know, hey, this is like Gemara. <laughs> <laughs> so certainly if, if you know if people if there isn't another edition put out that has the punctuation um but even so it's, you know it's a wonderful 400 page book 
but um, apparently he was, you know, I mean, you can see it wasn't his life, but apparently you know, this was his life and he did massive amounts of research with a real time Fakham. So it would be, I, I, I am very sad that I never gotten to see the, um, the full thousand page version. Of it. And if you know anyone who has access to it, I would love to get a PDF. Uh, okay, so that's our agenda for tomorrow. Um, there were some, uh, some distractions today, but I hope they were all worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs>